Today on Movie World, as we begin our coverage of the 2022 Indian Film Festival of Los Angeles. It's time for Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And here's you as well. Movie Wallers is your weekly desk of film <laughs> reviews, movie news, and general banter in theatres on DVD online streaming or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. And if you love the movies, this show is definitely for you. We have a couple of special guests today. We have uh, Thule and Ritesh from the IFLA Film Festival, the Indian Film Festival of Los Angeles. Which we've gushed over for years and years and years. So, how lucky are we to have you both as guests today? Welcome. Hi, it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you for inviting us. Oh, very much. Thank you. I'm very happy to be meeting you. And uh, this is great. Yeah, no, we're delighted. We're delighted. So um, I guess to kick off, um, I'd love to just you know tell our listeners, um, well, I'll let you introduce yourself, what your role is with IFLA and how you got involved and um, you know just a little bit of a background on, on both who you are and what you do for the Film Fest. Thule, why don't you start? Okay, so I joined the IFLA uh, in 2012. So my first IFLA was the 2013. I was invited by Christina. We had worked, Christina Maruda, who's the executive uh, director of the festival and the founder of the festival. We had worked together for the Greek Film Festival the previous year. And we're both, you know, we're both uh, from Greece and we met and worked together and really loved working together. So she she invited me to join in. My background uh, has, is, uh, I'm, I'm a filmmaker. I went to film school, I've made short films, I worked as an editor, I've done different things, but uh, I, I, I started working for film festivals and, and that's something I absolutely love to do. So I was I was delighted to be invited in, in the team, but, but back then I wasn't really, I, w- I was like, okay, let me give it a try. I don't really know much about Indian cinema, but let's, let's try this. I could not have imagined 10 years later, uh, you know, IFLA is such an important part of my life and it has enriched it in so many ways. And uh, I've been a senior programmer with, with the festival all these years. And this year is my first year as co-director of program and I have uh, the tremendous joy of sharing this responsibility with Ritesh uh, and I absolutely love our collaboration. Wonderful. Ritesh, tell us a bit about how you got involved. I got involved, I was in, I came to Los Angeles, I'm from Mumbai, I came to Los Angeles in 2009 uh, as a part of the PhD program at, uh, at USC in communication and I, you know, I was just very much in that program and I didn't I found out about IFLA in 2014 and I immediately volunteered. Uh, I was in transportation that year and I had, I didn't meet Thule, I don't think until 2015. So after I graduated in 2015, uh, my friend Madhuri, who was a social media manager and now who's like this incredible writer, playwright, all of it. She asked me, like, do you want to volunteer? Because she knew that I love films. And I, she said that IFLA is looking for screeners. So I joined as a, uh, as a screener team, part of the larger programming team informally watching a lot of films and helping them uh, do coverage. And my first time meeting Thule was on December 10th, 2015. I remember that day because we were all in, like, you know, for the longest time, for five years, our programming meetings were in a director of programming back then, um, Mike Doherty's living room. So I met Thule back then. And for two years, she was, you know, like she and I, I remember like even as a screener, she would give me individual feedback on my comments because somehow we had a rapport going back even then. In fact, I was going back and looking at our emails and 
realizing that how rare is it that as a screener, the senior programmer of the festival is giving you direct feedback on your coverage. So I think our we had like this kind of wonderful rapport going on since the very since then. I joined as programming coordinator on the staff in 2017, and I feel like it's the only ladder I've climbed in the industry. I've made it from programming coordinator to associate programmer. Last year, a senior programmer, and this year, as Tuli said, it's actually fantastic and a full circle that uh, I have the pleasure to be. Uh, along with her, the co-director of programming. Wonderful, wonderful. So, so what? Tell us a little bit about the genesis of Iflar. I know you joined um, fairly late on, or you know, within about the last ten years. What's Iflar about to those of our listeners that haven't sort of engaged with it yet? Who, who's your audience? Who are you hoping to bring to the festival? I feel there's uh, we have multiple audiences, and I think the audience dynamic has changed over the years uh, since 2003, the first festival and 2022 being our 20th edition. I would say that IFLA is first of all for cinephiles and for people who love cinema. And within that, for people who love South Asian cinema, it's not just Bollywood, as you know, it uh, represents many regions of India, many regional cinemas of India, and mm-hmm. uh, also the Indian diaspora. So our audience would also be Indian and South Asian immigrants in the mm-hmm. in the Southern Californian region, and also the first and second generation uh, Indian Americans and South Asian Americans uh, who are interested in cinema. Also, being in LA, we have a lot of the folks in the industry, mm-hmm. not just uh, South Asians, but also I mean South Asians, but also executives and agents and producers who are interested because it's the only event of its kind each year. And it's, I don't know, we've, we've developed a network of relationships and Christina has started all of that off. And, you know, I, I feel like having start, come into IFLA in its 16th year, I'm discovering each year how incredible our network of relationships is. Uh, and not just with India, but the ties that we've built across, across the seven seas, so to speak. So I think IFLA is basically about, um, like the shorthand is a bridge between India and Hollywood, but I think it's all of these other things I mentioned in between as well. I let I let Tuli, who's been much longer, talk about. No, I think I think you put it really well, and uh, yeah, we we have um, uh, if Ifla has had uh, for, for many years this wonderful program, the one on one program. So uh, every year we all all our uh, invited filmmakers. Uh, have the opportunity to connect with people in the local film industry. So that's something that helps both sides, you know, very much. And and I think the the film industry here in the U.S. has come to expect that, that every year, you know, through the festival, new voices are going to emerge and interesting voices. uh, And they're eager to meet these filmmakers through this program every year. So that's another component that we feel is really important. And the same with other festivals. Other festivals have traditionally uh, looked a lot at at DIFLA's curation every year as they make their own selections for their uh, South Asian content. So, yeah. And and as we said at the outset, this is one of our favorite film festivals for the movie Valas to attend. And what I just absolutely adore about IFLA is that it's, it's so exceptionally well curated that you're always discovering something wonderful. It has never disappointed us in all of these years. And the festival is non-fussy in the best sense of the word. Everything is like a well-oiled machine. There is, you know, the right things show up at the right time, the right talent is there, and everything moves along so smoothly. So for our viewers, if you have 
the least bit ability to be in Los Angeles and watch this, you will not regret it. For sure. Yeah. One of the things that's always impressed us, like Yazdi said, was um, your ability to bring such a wide variety of genre and movie type to the audience. What does that curation process look like from your end? And how do you, how do you even go about picking 20, 30 of the best movies from, I'm sure, hundreds that that are sent to you yeah how many submissions do you get actually do you do you is it in the hundreds or thousands i mean i can imagine it's not in the thousands in the hundreds it's between uh 250 and 400 oh. um uh, but it's a mixture of submissions and uh films that we solicit and that we are tracking and uh we gain main most of our submissions through film freeway uh you know before before Film Freeway, there was something called Without a Box, which was, you know, uh, RIP, but uh, that was also uh, a platform that we got a, a lot of our submissions through. Um, but to answer your question, um, and I, I let, uh, I'll just answer some parts and I'll let Tuli answer the rest. Uh, our programming team typically consists of five uh, programmers and uh, it's like the director of programming, you know, and different, like, folks with different levels of responsibility. And I think what we do is... We do a mixture of submissions, as I said, solicitation and outreach. Outreach is very, very important. Uh, we also attend uh, the Film Bazaar in India, uh, which ha- usually happens in Goa. And that's a wonderful marketplace for uh, us to meet. Not like, now, now we have many alumni who have their films there, but we always take a look at all the films that they're offering. And usually the timing of that works well with the beginning of our programming window. And then I think the last few years, the diaspora has... I mean, it was always there because if you look at the very first festival, for example, we had Tanuj Chopra's short film, Butterfly, in our 2003 edition. So we always had linkages with the diaspora and like the folks that we, like the films that we programmed early on are now, like those filmmakers have gone on to be doing like fantastic, uh, you know, series at the global level. But we also do a lot of outreach with the diaspora and that happens in a way through, um, the audiences who are attending and be making sure that we are uh, like, we kind of, I think we, we do a good job having our database updated all the time and making sure we are always reaching out. And sometimes what happens is we will send an, uh, a, a mass email, like in the middle of a programming period. And then alumnus whom we haven't heard from in a long time will say, Hey, I have a new film. And, you know, it's those spontaneous, responses that sometimes we, we, we find our gems and uh, through that way. So I think uh, the programming comes from all those sources. And I'll let Tuli talk about the other aspects of the programming. Yeah, uh, just to add, like outreach is a huge, it, it's a huge uh, deal for us. We spend a lot of energy and, and time and try to be creative as to how to get to filmmakers who might not know about us and, you know, we need to approach them. Um, so we spend a lot of time in the year doing that. We also, you know, the, the fact that we've been around for so long, we have a very extensive database. Mm. Both of our alumni, who we constantly follow up with and know what they're up to, 
but also with with filmmakers that we track, you know, because of, oftentimes in the programming process, you watch something, you might not be able to program it that specific year because of many different factors. But we are very meticulous about, first of all, staying in touch with, with these filmmakers, making a note uh, and following up what, you know, kind of closely following what they do next. So we're constantly, you know, very meticulous at, at, at following what's going on. Um, and uh, during during the the selection process, it's a very rigorous process. It's 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 very exciting uh, for us. It's it's one of the most fun aspects of of this work. You know, we we're always curious when you you know hear about films that are playing in other big festivals, and we have a lot of those this year. Films that have played in Rotterdam and in Cannes and in Berlin and in Toronto, and amazing work. But then we're also looking for films that are kind of like our discoveries. Right. And this year we have. We have five world premieres, so uh, that we're, we're absolutely thrilled about that because obviously this is the first public screening of these films at IFLA, so that makes it a little extra special for us. Uh, also this year, we have about half of our program is debut filmmakers. Wow. So nine, wow. nine of the films are just debut, debut directors, and that's always thrilling because, uh, you know, that's just the beginning of this journey for, for, for these voices and... Uh, you know, it's it's nice to be there at the very beginning, and uh, you know, and and imagine all, all the all that that you know their journeys will bring as well later on. Um, so yeah, and and uh, we we are. Uh, uh, it's not just uh, it's not just Ritesh and I. It's, uh, curating a festival is uh, teamwork. It's a very collaborative process. We have our screeners who help us, but we also have uh, Oma Dakunha. She's uh, she's uh, one of our advisors in India. She's been with the festival from day one. Uh, so for 20 years, she's a huge part of the festival. She's she's a, a legend uh, in India. Uh, we also have Namrata Joshi. She's a film critic and journalist. Uh, uh, she she was working with us this year from New Delhi, um, and uh, she we had a we have a remarkable co- collaboration with her. Pedatri uh, Chaudhari, based in New York, uh, film journalist as well, and Robert Torres, um, our collaborator. Um, and associate programmer this year. So the, this is the core team, the programming team, uh, and we watch everything and talk about all the movies to death. And that's <laughs> the joy of, of the work. Well, we can certainly identify you with you on that because we talk about movies to death as well. So, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you did such a good job with it. And I think I have a confession. I mean, when we first did our first IFLA, of the three of us, you know, I, I don't have Indian heritage, heritage unlike Rashmi and Yasti. So, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of Indian cinema and I had the classic stereotype, I guess, of, of Bollywood all singing, all dancing. And so I kind of went to my first <laughs> Ifla kind of, you know, kicking and screaming, really. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be, um, you know, exhausting. And, and, you know, everyone knows the classics, but I really wasn't into the the, the idea of it. And I was I had my mind blown because I think the sophistication and the voices of Indian cinema um, that, you know, you introduced me to through the festival was was kind of life-changing for me. Now, is it a specific goal of yours to kind of move away from what people think of as Indian cinema and, and go for the, what I think of as kind of more of the, the edgy insight? I mean, there's so many different genres within Indian cinema that, people don't really know about and that was one of the joys of ifla for me was the discovery of that i mean yazdi you know so much more and rashmi and you you but i think for me as a film goer 
Were you deliberately trying to stay away from what people think of as traditional, you know, Bollywood fare, or or, or is it just what what rises to the top? Is there a conscious choice? Ifla was never about the Bollywood films. It was always that was always the the intention of the festival is uh, to show independent cinema. Mm. So that has been from the get go. You know the the goal of this festival. Uh, in terms of um, you know when we do when we curate the program, we don't really have an agenda as to what kind of program we, we we're gonna you know do in terms of genres or anything like that. Primarily, we want to 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 have a diverse program, uh, diverse in terms both of its themes, uh, filmmaking sensibilities, languages, um, you know, the, the themes, themes that are that are, are being presented. So uh, that's, that's the goal. So, um, and then every year, you know, it's like a surprising mixture emerges out, out of this, uh, out, of, out of this effort. Um, Ritesh, would you... No, I think all of that's right. I think I think many festivals. I mean, like the biggest banners of Hindi cinema and Tamil cinema, they don't need festivals. They directly, well, now mm-hmm. pandemic asterisk, but um, they directly go to movie theaters. So festivals have always been about. Um, I think not not many festivals have been about celebrating this contested term independent cinema, but that's those are the kind of films, uh, you know, like the parallel movement. In, uh, um, off in the 70s and 80s I don't we didn't have festivals back then mm. but it's I think it's an easy correlation to say that festivals and art cinema but we play all kinds like we play that some of that are relatively more commercial leaning but to your point yes like many people think of Indian cinema as the blockbuster type and for them festivals in general not just IFLA would be a little bit of a learning curve yeah, they're the best education I think we've all had in movie, just going and seeing something that hasn't had a review before or someone, some unknown actor, director, producer um, is always such a treat. Yeah, and I think it's also about the fact that like we have to figure out that storytelling is emerging and has emerged from all corners of the world and those corners haven't just gotten like because of the way industries are set up and of hierarchies and economics of production. Historically, since the beginning of cinema, the majority of filmmakers haven't had the outlet. Mm-hmm. And festival, the festival circuit has emerged in the last 30 or 40 years kind of to cater to that demand. In, I'm talking in general terms, but uh, with, IFLA, with, with India and with South Asia, there is incredible diversity and there's like and each year we we realize that there's more and more communities that are marginalized that just don't we haven't heard about because when we watch their films we're like oh my god this is like a language that i mean you know like i i grew up in india but i probably i couldn't name you more than 25 languages you know like there's so many so much linguistic diversity for example and cultural diversity as well all sorts of diversity and i think um I think that automatically comes through in the program because the programmers, um, we are just open to, it's not even the question of open to, because the stories themselves bring out the worlds that they're from. And if all we have to do is listen and talk about it. And once we do that, then we program it. Right. Well, you do an amazing job. Yeah, and I think on this podcast, we have long, we have long said, that Indian cinema is going through like its second golden age in the last decade or so. Just just as you mentioned, Ritesh, the 
the sheer diversity in content, in material, in the craft, uh, in ambition, is just just staggering. And it's it's unfortunately those those voices often get lost in the shuffle. And there's so much content now, especially if you take into account what's available on you know streaming platforms and and so forth. And so I think these really amazing, independent, unique voices, allowing them some degree of recognition through the festival circuit is so critical because that allows them to rise above everything else. And so I think what IFLA is doing and, you know, you just mentioned a literal who's who of people who are involved with Indian cinema criticism, having all of them be part of it, I think really helps. You know, it's, it's a major service. I mean, if you ask Rashmi, and I, and I'm not exaggerating, I think if I had to name the top five movies of the last 10 or 15 years, both Rashmi and Min, movie called Elizabeth Ekadashi that yes. we saw, I guess, a couple of years yes. ago. I cannot for the life of me, me forget that movie. It is my favorite movie of the last decade. Yeah, I, I, Yassi, so your sound is going in and out. So, um, but but uh, exactly, I was going to say the same thing. Elizabeth Ekadashi is a film that's so close to my heart and I think about it at least once a month because it it's just <laughs> delightful. I mean, a film about a bike um, that's part of someone's family is just, I've never seen that in any type of, you know, language movie. So again, when I think about some of the things that we've seen, it's it's been amazing um, and, and kudos to you for doing that. Um, what do you think makes a successful festival? What is it that you're, when you, and you leave the festival on Sunday night, what will have made a successful festival for you? Wow, that's a tough one. I know. <laughs> we're like, you know, we're very, like, we're looking to like, it's starting. So now you're taking us uh, many. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's Sunday, <laughs> it's Sunday night, the last events happened and you're sitting around what will put a big smile on your face other than the fact that you've managed to pull it off and um, you've, you've got some great entries from what I can see already. Yeah, that's a big one. Survival is a, 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 an important component. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. So uh, celebrating that, of course, uh, so many things for, for us. The, fe the, the festival is kind of the culmination of so much work, of so many months of concentrated love and passion and work. So at, at the end, it, it's this moment where we meet the filmmakers, the filmmakers meet a new audience. The audience discovers this incredible work, which, you know, it was a gift to us when we discovered it. And now, you know, we're witnessing an audience discover that. So that's a very thrilling kind of interaction that happens among these forces during the festival. So I don't know, it's like, it's like for us, it's, it's important that the filmmakers have a meaningful experience through that, like this sharing of their work uh, with the community, the greater, the greater world, that this is meaningful to them. And it's, it's hard to put it into words what this looks like for every film and every filmmaker but uh that is like a critical thing that we want to achieve during the festival this communication between artist and and audience and the audience showing up you know mm -hmm. people 
coming, you know, being adventurous uh, in their choices, you know, wanting to to get out of, you know, what is being served to them kind of more passively. Uh, them reaching out to see these films that you know sometimes they're more they're not you know the the usual thing they could they 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 experience every day so that would really make it a, a successful festival i think if if the, the the local community shows up so these are two huge components for me ritesh curious. i also add you know there's, there's many it's hard to it's a, good, it's a great question because it's forcing us to reflect because at the end of it is like this combination of like exhaustion but also an extreme high so what follows is an emptiness because suddenly mm. there's a vacuum and um you know i in the days before like you know when we were, we were back to being in, in person after three years but i remember 2019 the last thing we did on the closing night was dancing like we were just dancing in our closing closing gala after party and there's something about just all of that like that that comes from relief and Uh, the fact that we've actually cultivated many, many relationships. So I'll give you one example. When we were, like, I always sit through Ashrams because I want to know where, where are the audiences laughing or sniffling that we did or did not <laughs> as programmers. And that's always an interesting, there's some places that we expect, some places that we don't. But I was sitting next to one of our filmmakers that, that year in 2018 or 19, and the filmmaker kept on gasping because they were thrilled and shocked that we were playing such bold provocative content and interesting content and to see how to see in those moments as much as you can gather how they are viewing their film within the films we've programmed that's an interesting kind of revelation to us mm. that we have programmed the films according to what we think in a shorts program how they all fit together but sometimes through these cues and talking with filmmakers afterwards and not just filmmakers even audiences like you know I've spoken with audience members after you know you just like hang out like, audience members that naturally congregate afterwards either out, out at the movie theater yeah. or in the ifla lounge and uh, I just kind of like to stand behind or like I sneak into the group and see or pretend I'm not a member of ifla I've done that two or three times and what audiences take away from films is really fascinating to me. So for me it's seeing the films that we've spent so much time with through other people's eyes and while doing that having strengthened relationships that's what makes it special. Lovely. Lovely answer. And and I guess um then what are you most excited about? Oh, which Who, films? Yeah, I which think, films are Yeah, you? what 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 are the uh, I mean obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of content that each of you kind of champion individually but just kind of a couple of favorites that you want to make sure that you know if you're attending ifla uh, what what are the not miss can't miss movies okay i'm going to mention a couple uh one of uh, of the films that i find really special this year is called pedro uh and it's a debut uh feature um and really the filmmaker is someone to watch you you you're not going to believe that this is a debut film because it has such sophistication uh that really blows you away um and the film it's uh, it's uh, uh set in karnataka and it's about an electrician a reclusive man who all it takes for him is to commit a small mistake one day that he's drunk he shoots the wrong target and i'm not going to say what the target is but this small mistake kind of unleashes a fury uh that brings out all the prejudice uh in this seemingly quiet 
uh, and peaceful rural community. The film is in Canada language um, and Canada language. And uh, the, the, film, the filmmaker's father actually plays the lead. So it has this extra, I think, this relationship that makes this extra special. So Pedro is a film, you know, it's not to be missed. It plays on Saturday. Um, a film on Friday uh, that I absolutely love is called Once Upon a Time in Calcutta. And it's the third film by Nifla Lam, um, Aditya, um, Sengupta. And we've played Jonaki before. I don't know if you've seen the films and Labor of Love. This is a very different film than those. Uh, you know, it's it's equally stunning. Um, his his films, his other films, are more elliptical in their storytelling, and this is more of a like you know a real full on drama. Uh, it's actually it has a very operatic feel. It's very luscious in, in its cinematography, uh, and at the heart of it is the portrait of a woman. She's uh, a fading actress. She just lost her daughter. Her marriage is in shambles, and she goes through Calcutta. Uh, trying to find a new meaning in her life, a new sense of identity, some independence. And she tries to do that through the relationship she has with five different men in her life. And each of these men is on their own path to self-destruction. It's all very tragic and, you know, and big, both in emotion and in visuals. And you're never going to see Calcutta like this. It's 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 a stunning film. The cinematographer from, from Once Upon a Time in Anatolia uh, is the cinematographer in this film, uh, and it's a thrilling film. And the 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 Aditya is not. It was not able to travel to the festival, but one of the actors of the film is traveling, so we'll be there for the Q and A. Great. Um, and I can talk about more films, but Ritesh, I'm. I'm Oh God, it's so hard to pick. Uh, but going back, going with along with the theme of like uh, collaborations within the family, uh, there's this wonderful feature called Shankar's Fairies, uh, which is directed by Irfana Majumdar, um, and she, uh, her mother, wrote this film based on her mother's Nita Kumar, and her mother is going to be attending the festival because Irfana just actually uh, recently uh, gave birth to. Her, her her child so she can't attend but Nita Kumar uh, is uh, her mother writes about her childhood in Lucknow and uh, in the 1960s and their childhood home the film is shot in their childhood home in their family home it's a beautiful and it's I would say it's, a, it's both a critical and a celebratory uh, conju- uh, conjuring of the period and it's about um, the state of uh, the look like the police chief in Lucknow and it's headed by the head servant is Shankar and it's about the bond between Shankar and the police chief's mm. uh, father uh, yeah, a police chief's daughter who's a nine-year-old uh, kid and the film we see um, this lilting almost um, I don't know it's 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 it, the, 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 there's a lightness of touch which is um, which is misleading because the filmmaker's delicate touch and the observations of the script showcase all the post-colonial mm-hmm. baggage that India has, India, especially now as a, as a cultural center, was experiencing. And it's not just like the, uh, it's not just the post-colonial, but it's also uh, caste and class and religion through this character of Shankar. Of course, uh, putting the film 
and, and the perspective of the film through the child, we don't, you know, the child is not seeing all these distinctions, right. but that's the magical way that the, the script is written and how it's realized on screen is somehow, um, if we are open to it, there's all these distinctions that come and we, 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 and the film is basically asking the question, what, um, like today, where have, where has India moved in these 60 years? Because, um, you know, having grown up in India and being, um, being sensitive to what it feels like to have help at home and the worlds that we can't reach and because of social norms that we don't ask and we can't, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't cross certain bridges, but this film allows us uh, to the child's side to see it. So I would really strongly recommend that film uh, because um, it's a filmmaker who really has settled into the world. And she is also the lead actor in the film mm. as well. Like she plays the police chief's wife um, and she's like the mistress of the household. So I would recommend that. And the other one that I will talk about is a complete Ifla discovery called Jaggi, uh, which I personally feel very happy about. It's a film about a set in rural Punjab. And it's the kind of story you just, you just don't see because Punjab, as you know, has like this, uh, the stereotypical image is of, you know, virility and uh, agricultural might. But this film turns those uh, types on its head. It's by a first-time filmmaker called Anmol Sidhu, uh, whom when we discovered and in a programming meeting we talked about, we, I just remember in a programming meeting, we all kind of settled in and tried to figure out a language for why this film was reaching out to us. It's a very raw film. Like, it, it won't be like, you know, it's it's probably a little bit longer than it needs to be, but that's the joy of it is because it's a story of a school kid, um, who a high school kid, who discovers that he's impotent, but he doesn't really know enough about this, like this lack of medical uh, instruction and education. And at school, he's misinterpreted and mislabeled as gay. Mm. And that actually begins a very painful cycle of exploitation and abuse that kind of uh, we, we see as audience members in the story that carries into his adulthood. And the film is asking, can we really escape these cycles of abuse? And it really puts together toxic masculinity and uh, repression uh, in, in rural Punjab. It brings forward those topics. And in and, and the programming team, we, we were, we, the, what, we, what we found ourselves talking about is no one talks about this, especially, mm. in, no, especially in, in the context of Punjab. And the, the lead actor of this film is uh, absolutely like a very enduring performance. It's a difficult film to watch, but um, it's, uh, you can't help but think when you watch it that you're seeing the beginning of like a really exciting voice. And, you know, the filmmaker actually wrote to me yesterday on email saying how grateful he was that, you know, other festivals did not take chance on this kind of film because it's a tricky film. Like, you know, you just don't go in seeing such kind of, like, you know, it's, it's shocking and it's provocative. And uh, it really made me bring, it brought tears to my eyes that like he expressed real gratitude. And I, we, we want to be able to share that with the audience. That's wonderful. I'm so excited already about now I'm like, which ones are you going to watch? Which ones am I going to watch? We'll be fighting about which ones to watch. So um, Yazdi, I know you have a couple of questions. I, like Rashmi, have just been writing down. I mean, as you've been mentioning these films, I'm like, can I watch them right after we're done talking about this? Uh, every one of these films um, sounds wonderful. And I think I think if, if a film festival doesn't make the audience member a little bit uncomfortable, if it doesn't make them 
squirm in their seat a little bit. If it doesn't provoke, then it hasn't done its job. I mean, if you want to see a fun movie, you can always go to the multiplex and you have many, many choices. But I think we go to film festivals to be challenged and to see something that is not normally seen and something which kind of is a call to arms against, you know, deeply set uh, systems of abuse and violence and so forth. So I think I think you're doing great if you're bringing those films forward for people to watch. Uh, that to me is a great film festival. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just thrilled and so happy to hear about uh, these films that you're going to be presenting this year. One film that is also a must-see, this year, this year is a special year for us because we have a new program, a new section. It's called Spotlight on South Asia. Uh, and in this in this section, we have uh, six fantastic films. Uh, they're truly handpicked, kind of like the, the you know the most exciting work uh, that you know from this year uh, that came out uh, from the the broader region. And uh, five of these films are shorts, and they're presented in a shorts program on Sunday. Uh, they, I, I, this is a, these, these are films that I think uh, you're going to be watching and talking more about. Uh, and headlining this pro- headlining this pro- program is a feature called Rihanna. It's a film from Bangladesh, and it's really exquisite. This is really, uh, you know, very uh, sophisticated. Very, uh, ch- it's a chilling psychological thriller. Uh, and it's about a woman, Rihanna, who's a single mother, and she's an assistant professor at a medical college. And she finds out that there's some type of abuse happening between uh, f- from um, from uh, the director of the program, or like a, a, a very beloved uh, professor in the in the medical school, a male male colleague, basically. And uh, even though she's a woman of very uh, unbending moral values, like she bends her own ethical lines uh, in her fervorous, furious quest to seek justice for the victim, even even in the case where the victim herself does not want to go forward Mm. with anything. Uh, And she gets more and more wrapped into, you know, this almost like maddening whirlwind uh, where she's looking for justice and she, you know, she can't, she can't uh, reach it. Uh, then the, the actress who portrays Rihanna, she's, she's just, you know, she carries every single frame. You cannot, you know, you cannot, uh, you know, avert your eyes from, from her. She's fantastic. Uh, this is the first film from Bangladesh ever to compete at the Ancertain Regard uh, section in Cannes. So it's a, you know, very prestigious uh, competitive section. So this is definitely a film not to miss out on. Uh, it's a film that I think uh, it's going to be talked about a lot. And what's fascinating to me is as I listen to each of you describe these movies, the beautiful thing is that these are universal themes that aren't just Indian. These are global themes. They just probably happen to have some Indian connection in terms of producer, actor, director, um, or location. So I think that's what I want our listeners to take away is that IFLA is not just about you know, things that are happening in India. These are universal themes that touch all of us in many different ways. Um, Absolutely. And in many ways, that's what cinema is about. Exactly. You you, you connect with with other human beings from all around the world. We're all going through life. You know, 
differences, of course, in culture and tradition and languages, all that stuff. But the, the you know, the human experience is the same. Exactly. And, and, and movies help you, you know, kind of find connections with 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 strangers that might be living on the other side of the planet, but you share the same emotions and and difficulties. And that's that's the beauty of it all. And that's the beauty of a film festival. It's about you know, human growth. It's about making these connections. Yeah. So, so just selfishly, any documentaries? Because I know um, you've always, again, picked some really good topics. We do have, we do have a wonderful selection of documentaries and I can talk about the feature and then maybe Ritesh, you can talk about the shorts. We have one feature documentary. It's a, in, it's called Invisible Demons. Uh, it's by Rahul Jain. He's an Ifla alum. He brought us machines a few years ago. I don't know if you caught that film, a spectacular film. Uh, and this is his second feature. Um, and Invisible Demons, um, it's about uh, the, you know, the, the biggest crisis we're all faced with. It's about the climate and uh, what we've done to the environment. Uh, specifically, the film is set in New Delhi. So it takes a, takes a look specifically mm-hmm. at the envir- environmental conditions in New Delhi. Uh, and Rahul Jain, what I love about him is that he fully understands really well the power of the image. So even though it's a film about the environment, it, it's it's not a film about, you know, kind of like academically looking at facts. It He really uses visual language, which is at the same time, breathtakingly beautiful. And the beauty communicates a horrific reality of what we have contributed in doing to the environment. So this juxtaposition of beauty and horror carries the entire film and kind of leaves you breathless. It's it's a really incredible piece of work. It's also a film that premiered at Cannes last year. Uh, and we're thrilled to have uh, have him back uh, to the festival this year. Wonderful. And we also have a bunch of shorts documentaries, uh, three of them, right, Ritesh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, we have three shorts documentaries and they're all, uh, I think, I would say all of them are hybrid in some way, um, either in form or the strategy of content or um, I think just like the, the media that they use and the visual effects in some of them. So I'll, the, I'll, I'll name the three, but I'll talk about one. Um, there's one called Kalsubai, uh, which is actually, I don't know, I feel like you're the podcast that we can talk about this because you know, like y'all are like real cinephiles. This is a beautiful, beautiful film. It's an ethnographic indigenous film. That's all I'll say. It's an ethnographic indigenous story of a, it's, a, it's about the making of a legend of a goddess to an indigenous community mm-hmm. in Maharashtra. And the goddess is called Kalsubai. Visually, it is absolutely stunning. It was uh, nominated for the IDA award for the best shot documentary of the year. Um, I would catch that. There's also a very personal documentary, which um, you know, has so many different kind of documentary strategies in its making. It's called The Return, and it's by Hina Ashraf, who is actually local to Los Angeles. Um, she went to UCLA, and it's about it's a very personal examination of her grief when her father passed away. Uh, and it really, t- it t- we talk about diaspora spanning, like, you know, uh, her father, I mean, they all grew up in the UK and in the US, but her father unexpectedly passed away in Bihar and in India. Mm. And, you know, it's about her really coming to like very transparently owning up to her grief. And she does that partly through, re- through reenactments with other actors. So it's really interesting. You've got to watch it to see uh, wh- how you respond to that. Mm. The one I really want to talk about, which is 
we're so thrilled. I mean, for, uh, I think Kalsubai is not, it's, it's an LA premiere, the return of the North American premiere, but Holy Cowboys, that's the film. Holy Cowboys, <laughs> Varun Chopra's, right yeah, Varun Chopra's film. It's a world premiere at IFLA. Uh, we've been tracking this filmmaker for a long time. He went to the uh, he went to LMU. Um, he's from India, but he came to film school in in LA uh, at LMU. And this is a film that's going to shock everyone because it's about you know it's about the recruitment of young I think young boys like in their teens um, into the religious right. Mm. It's through animal worship and cow worship and. The film makes you extremely uncomfortable because similar to Invisible Demons, beauty and horror are juxtaposed in the image because these young, um, these young kids are, you know, like in India, the idea of the, the, the cow, the cow um, savior, the cow, the cow guardian, um, because, you know, like the entry point is real lush images of care of animals and cows in particular but we also the filmmaker i don't know how he got access he he managed to get inside the groups where the recruitment meetings were happening where the brainwashing is happening and he kind of puts to puts it all together so seamlessly um and there's this one scene that i won't talk about too much there's one scene that really will chill you and you know as programmers we 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 came back to this film on separate programming meetings because we just did not know what to do with like you know we knew that this film was extremely special but um it makes us interrogate what what constitutes uh morality and documentary filmmaking yeah it's you're reminding me of a movie that you showed at the the best of the 17 year anniversary called reason part one and reason part two which was that really interesting documentary about the 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 rise of the right and you know religious persecution and what's going on and it's not dissimilar to what's happening in the US which is what fascinated me that you know this is happening all over the world i didn't think for some reason i thought india would be exempt and it wasn't so i'm i'm super excited now to uh, to try and see that one this one, and the filmmaker we just found out is going to be there. Uh, initially, oh, okay. he wasn't, and now he's actually going to be there. And that's going to complete the experience because sometimes you have all these questions bubbling when you're mm. watching a film, and now the filmmakers are going to be in the audience and you can ask the questions. Yeah, which special. is another advantage of film festivals. You can meet meet your heroes, potentially. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to make a note that we also have, like, you know, a bunch of very fun uh, and joyful matters but we also have uh, an amazing absurdist comedy Doug Doug and that's on Friday night uh, and it's it, it's it's a real treat uh, it's about a motorcycle um, who kind of becomes like the new god in this uh, yes, Rajasthan the motorcycle community. the motorcycle becomes the god yeah, yeah that's one for Joe I think <laughs> it's and it's so vibrant and fun, and the the, fil- the filmmaker has has a background in in music and in videos and advertisements. So visually, it's just like a, a real feast. Yeah. Uh, and feast for the senses. So that's a really fun movie. We have Paka, uh, which uh, which is a um, a, a, a thriller, but it's a thriller with with a, a lot of sharp dark humor in it, and it takes place in Kerala. Uh, and the main character is is a river that is filled with bodies that keeps popping up, uh, and uh, it's it's uh, there's there's all these 
different elements. It's a love story in this in the center, and there is feud between two families. Ah. And the love story in the center is trying to kind of rise above the feud uh, in the face of all these bodies uh, popping up. And um, an amazing grand grandmother, which is one of my favorite characters in this entire program, is chilling, sinister, uh, but but quite funny also in a weird way, grandma. Uh, so that's a great film, again, from a debut feature director, and that's on Saturday night. And we have Shoebox, a lovely, lovely, lovely film. It's a coming-of-age story of a young woman, um, and and she returns home to Alabad, Alabad to take care of her ailing father. Uh, and at the same time, Alabad is going through a, a huge transformation, and it's being stripped of, of its history, and it's being stripped of his of its name. Uh, and uh, as a result of what's going on, uh, her father's movie house, a single screen movie theater that he's proudly owned for years, is under jeopardy. Um, and developers want to to get it to to take it from the family and all that stuff. And and the young woman has to rise above uh, and uh, take charge uh, in the family. And that's a beautiful film. That's Shoebox on Saturday. Uh, and of course, Panalin's film opening the festival on Thursday, which is totally a no to cinema. And that's a theme. We have a bunch of films this year. Once upon a time in Calcutta, Shoebox and. Um, last film show that talk about cinema uh, and the the power of the medium, the power of cinema, its history, uh, and the forces that put it in jeopardy uh, now, now, and kind of like raising questions about what the future of cinema uh, is going to be. Yeah. But Panalin's film is is definitely a very joyous. Um, Ode to cinema and it's beautifully shot and at the center of it is uh, the portrait of a young boy in Gujarat. It's a very uplifting, heartfelt film. So yeah, wonderful. So I make sure. Wonderful. So I've, I, I have I'm looking at the time. major goosebumps. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, really, I'm so excited. I know. I'm gonna like. And you know, it, it's funny because we, we'll do we'll podcast next about the shorts that we watched. But already, I mean, you know, just from the shorts program that you gave us access to, um, the standard is already so high. Oh so, gosh, yeah. Um, just ugh, giddy, giddy with excitement. With, yeah. Um, so, so you've been very generous with your time. Um, so, so just to kind of wind the, the podcast up. So just to remind everyone, the, the, if you can give us the dates, the place, um, how we can get you. Is there a hashtag? Um, yeah. How, how do people find, more, find out more about the film festival? Obviously, we'll uh, tell everyone. But <laughs> Yes, of course. No, thank you. Uh, and it was our pleasure being here. And thank you for listening to us talk about and wax about Goodness. these films. Um, all information is found on our website. Indianfilmfestival.org.org, and you'll see our film guide in there, and you'll see the box office information in there as well. The film date, uh, the festival dates uh, for our twentieth edition are from Thursday, April twenty eighth to Sunday, May first, um, and it's going to be on Thursday at Harmony Gold in uh, in West Hollywood, and uh, the rest of the program is going to be at Regal Cinemas LA Live in downtown Los Angeles. And I'm, am I missing any details, Tuli? 
the best way to experience the festival is through a festival pass. The fest pass, which give you gives you access to all the screenings, uh, everything except for the opening and closing night galas. Everything else, you you get it just for sixty dollars with a fest pass. So that's a lot. A lot of films you're you're able to you know come and come and go through the festival and experience everything, uh, including we have this year a masterclass by Anurag Kashyap that has been just recently added to the program on Saturday, and that should be an excellent program. It's moderated by Sundance senior programmer, John Nine, and that should should not be missed. Uh, it should be a re really, really riveting conversation. So all of that uh, with the Fast Pass, you can just have access to everything. And or you can have an all access pass that includes opening and closing nights. Um, or you can buy individual tickets if that's uh, preferable to you. So all that you can find uh, on the website. And also a quick note, even if you buy the Fest Pass and come on Saturday only, Saturday we have seven or eight screenings, including the Masterclass, and each screening is $15. So if you just buy a Fest Pass and come on Saturday, it's you, you've already gotten twice your money's worth. Absolutely. It's terrific. That sounds like the best deal in cinema this year. Wow. So... Yes, well, I think Yasti's just about to say something about yeah. Anurag Kashyap, if I know Yasti. No, I, I love Anurag Kashyap. <laughs> I, I, love, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's he's one of the great success stories of somebody who has been so different and yet been so successful in Indian cinema. But I was just going to comment on the movie Vala's a special relationship with LA Live because we have, uh, at that venue, there have been other film festivals and there are always taco trucks which are right across from the theater. And you can always <laughs> run very quickly and grab one of those tacos and actually look forward to them because they're some of the best tacos. So come for the movies, eat the tacos, rush back. What can be a better weekend it, for you? What can be a better Saturday? Yeah, It's part of the pain of being in a film festival, right? Because you, you want to get so much out of it. You go see back-to-back -back screenings and then we, we forget to eat. Um, yeah. so, or come for the tacos and stay for the movie. There, there you go. go. <laughs> yeah, that Perfection. Works, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Perfection. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, Thuli and Ritesh, thank you so much thank for you. your time. Uh, we're yeah, so appreciative. We can't wait for the festival. Yeah, I'm going to go and study up that schedule right now. This has been a joy. Yeah. And I'll do my best to get the podcast out very quickly. So um, no, thank you so much. And to our thank listeners. Thank you. Um, it was a real, real pleasure. Yeah. Thank no, you. Fantastic. Thank you for your support. And this has been a joy. So we really, really appreciate it. And we look Same. forward to, uh, to meeting both of you and Yazdi whenever you're Absolutely. You know, the next flow or whatever. Company, like, uh, let us know and we'll we'll go out for coffee that would be amazing absolutely be amazing. we can't wait to talk that post post festival on what we thought of the movie so yeah oh yeah, yeah. So, oh we would and, love and, to share yeah and feel free to be critical too because i know that you're like going to do a really good job if that's the case as well so <laughs> so uh yeah on that note we will be podcasting very shortly about the shorts program so uh, do look out for that podcast coming up very soon from the movie wallers and uh yeah as much as we can live from the fest that's that's always been one of our kind of uh fun things that we, we yeah. try and do uh, just um daily updates from from the festival and and um you know what we're looking forward to so uh yeah listen out more movie wallers um coming soon all about ifla and thank you so much for joining us today it's been an absolute treat and yasti from india as well thank you thank you, thank you so much thinking of you thank you so i'll wrap up the podcast now and too many movies uh, you know thank you again ifla ifla uh hashtag is there a hashtag for this year 
That's a great question. I think it's either IFLA 22 or IFLA 2022. Okay, no, I well, don't know. Well, email, yeah. email, email me and I'll put it in the show notes. But um, Use both. Use IFLA, IFLA 2022 and IFLA 22. Or use all three. You got I'm it. so old-fashioned. Like, <laughs> I'm not. I don't even get I know. I'm so. horrible at that. I don't even know why I'm asking. I don't tweet. I don't Instagram. Rashmi is the, 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 the media person. So, um, But as always, uh, thank you again. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'll wrap up in our usual way. Too many movies, too little time. It's never so true as um, when you're at a film festival. Yeah. So uh, we look forward to IFLA. If you are in the LA area on those dates that we discussed earlier, be there. I mean, really, it's super fun. Yeah. Uh, you guys put on such a great film festival. Absolutely. Can't wait. All right. Thank you. So goodbye from me. And me. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.